Psalms 40, verse 2, it says, And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, a name above every name. Lord, my heart's broken this morning. Lord, I preached and preached and preached, and there's some people in this building, I believe, at least one, maybe more, that I've preached to on numbers of times, Lord God. And Lord, they've walked in and left here just as lost as they walked in. Lord, they smile, they shake my hand. Lord, they put on a good front, but deep down inside, you're tearing at their heart, and they just, and they just won't give it to you. And I pray today, Lord God, that you'd not let them leave this building in that condition. Lord, help them see the need to be saved, Lord God. Help them see the need that we love them and we want to rejoice with them and we want to see them flourish in your love and in your grace, Lord God. And Lord, help them not be ashamed to step out and come to the altar of grace, Lord God, and be gloriously saved. Lord, I pray this message, Lord, will just show them what they're going to be saved from, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Lord mercy, I, I was working on this sermon last night, and I, I was thinking, boy, I really, Lord, would like to go in tomorrow and just get one of them messages just, that people be just shouting and, uh, and, and, and rejoicing and smiling faces and all that. But, you know, the Lord wouldn't let me do it. He wouldn't let me do it. I kept everything I seemed to read that was with, with, with uh, going to hell or, or lost condition or, 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 the, or the misery was going to be accompanied with it. And I said, Lord, I, I'd like for you to give me some scripture that, uh, that, that would be outside of that over in Luke, you know, where we always seem to go to about the rich man lifting his eyes in hell and all that. And, and, and I opened my Bible. And I've seen this verse of Scripture here. And it says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. And that's as far as the Lord let me read it. And that's as far as I'm going to read it to you. Because I want us to think about that horrible pit. Now, I understand that this horrible pit that's dealing with here in this Scripture here is where you're in your lost condition and the things that you're stuck in and the mire that's consuming you and the darkness that's in your life and, and, and the unreachableness of heaven from where you're at. I understand that this morning. But you know what? That's just a taste of what, uh, what you're going to be facing when we hit the horrible pit that was created for the devil and his angels and the beast and the Antichrist. And you're going to be there with them. It's a horrible place. A horrible place. And I want to preach a, a message this morning thought on, on that thought of the horrible pit. Amen. And if you're not saved today, I pray that you'd listen up. I, I pray that you'd focus. I pray that you'd not let some child or some grown-up or some situation, some car coming loud down the road, something to distract you from the, probably one of the most important sermons you'll ever hear. Because one day, if you don't heed what God's man telling you today, you'll lift your eyes in a horrible pit. Horrible pit. Horrible pit. So don't you die lost off of these green pews on my watch. Please don't do it. 
Too often we get in our getting in our little routines. We get religious. We read our Bibles. We say our prayers. We go to Bible schools. We come to, to the choir. We play the instrument, and we do all these different things. And, and as, as God's people, we'll sit here and we won't even think about there's people on the pews right with us are dying and going to hell. We need to be realizing what the ministry's all about. It's not all about coming to church. It's not all about putting money in the plate. It's not all about reading your Bible. What it's all about is seeing others being saved and that we live a life in front of them, as Brother Rick said, that glorifies God, that shines the light toward heaven, amen, and they can't stand it till they got what we got. Amen, amen. This pit is a pit of noise, first of all. Why is it described as a pit of noise? Why do why do they weep and they wail and they and they and they gnash with their teeth in, in this horrible pit? Well, it's because of the pain of their physical agony. First of all, it's a it's a it's the pain of their physical agony. This horrible pit. Listen, whenever. Uh, the rich man was cast into hell. The Bible tells us that he lifted his eyes in torment. In torment. What about that? His physical, to actually feel the flames licking at his flesh, burning him and consuming him for eternity. I'm talking about why do they weep and they gnash with their teeth and they scream out night and day? It's because of the physical agony. And they weep and they wail and, and, and awful pangs of, of memory of a conscience that can't be quenched. The Bible speaks in one part of it is a place where the worm dieth not. A lot of people may think that that's uh, worms eating the flesh in a grave somewhere or another. That's not what it is. It's your conscience. Your conscience working like a worm. It's just constantly, he, that rich man, when he lifted up, what did he say? What did Abraham say? He said, remember. Remember when the, when, when the beggar was out there. You had the purple. You had the food. You had the riches. You had this. You had that. But you didn't have God. You didn't have God. Remember, you'll go through eternity in this horrible pit. You'll be in agony, and your conscience will work a day and night of what you could have had, where you could have been, and why you didn't. The times you stood by, uh, sat in a pew, and the preacher stood behind a pulpit, and he preached to you, and begged you, and pleaded with you that you'd get born again. You'll remember every word that I say. Every time I've read a scripture about hell, you'll remember it. You'll remember every message I preach about heaven. You'll remember every message I preach about Christ on the cross. You'll remember all those things. It surprises me today that people can walk out that door and can't even tell me the title of the message that I preached or the scripture that I read from or give me one point that I preached that day. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you end up in this horrible pit, you won't have a memory problem then. No, sir, God will illuminate your mind. You will be illuminated. You will not forget one verse. You'll be the best Bible quoter that's ever been. You'll know exactly why you're in that horrible pit. Your conscience will work and be moving on you all the time. Second thing about this pit is a noisy pit, but it's a waterless pit. I'm talking about a horrible pit. Hell is a waterless place. 
Amen. There's no water in hell. And, and you know, you say, well, what's water got to do? Why? Listen, when you get thirsty, it's the most miserable place to be. Amen. Sometimes I'll be out in the field or out in the yard and I'll get to working in one thing or another and I start getting thirsty. And, and, and about two days ago I was out there and the heat was a burn down on me and, and I was doing some things outside and, and I was away from the house and, and, I, and I thought, man, I'm getting really thirsty. I mean, really thirsty. And, and, and I just kept working and kept doing, you know, and finally I couldn't take it no more. I couldn't take it no more. So I started walking back to the house. And the closer I got to that house, the more thirstier I was getting. And I was thinking to myself, if I was walking up that hill there, I feel like I'm going to choke. I feel like I'm going to start gagging. I mean, I got that thirsty. I got that part. I sweated so much out there that I got dehydrated. And I thought, man, I don't even know if I'm on my... I really thought that way, Brother Rick. I mean, it was miserable. I got in that house, and I got me some water, and I started drinking that water. And boy, I tell you what, it's like I couldn't get enough of it. It was better than a Pepsi Cola. It was better than, than a spread. It was better than that good old goat milk I drank. Man, I tell you what. I need water. And in hell, it's a waterless place. It's a pit that's waterless. There's no water there. He says, well, I don't like water. I don't, I don't like water. Well, in hell, there's not one drop of water to cool your parched lips or to satisfy the thirst of your lost soul. How terrible to think of how many millions and millions of people down there today would give everything that they possibly could for just one drop of water. I don't like water. When you get to hell, you'll want water. Go ahead and die lost. And you'll hear this preacher ring out in your ears through the cabin doors of hell forever and ever and ever. There's no water in this horrible pit. No water. No water. No water. Get saved this morning because there's no water in hell. Then I see it thirdly. It's a pit of consciousness. Every soul, every person that has departed from this world or will depart from this world outside the saving uh, faith uh, and grace of Christ are, is alive. The past that are dead in hell are alive, and, 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 they're, and they're conscious. They're conscious. They're suffering the torments of the damned. In hell, they're alive and conscious. They can see. They can feel. They can thirst. They can cry. And yes, they can pray. Go to, go to Luke, and you'll read that scripture, and you'll see everything I said was true. It's a place of consciousness. It ain't a place where you're suspended and, and floating around and and, 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 you know, occasionally having a pain here, occasionally somebody biting you on your ankle. No, it's a place of consciousness, and you, you're, you're alert. You know exactly what's going on at all times. It's also a place of corruption. It is a pit of corruption. I'm talking about a horrible pit. I'm talking about the cavadors of hell. I'm talking about a place that nobody really should want to go. Amen. It's filthy. Hell is filthy. You say, how do you know that, preacher? How do you know that hell's filthy? Because sin 
is filthy. There's nothing pure about sin, nothing whatsoever. Every sin that's ever been conceived in the mind of man is in hell. There's somebody done it. Listen, there's somebody uh, ha- has, has done things that's immoral, things that's illegal, things that are unrighteous, anything that you could possibly think of in this world that is sin is in hell. Sin is filth and filth is in hell. Because it's filled with the sinners. It's a godless place and, and a godless gathering in hell. Then I say here, fifthly, not only is this pit a place of corruption, but it's also a pit of hopelessness. Oh, good. You know, in this life, as we live and breathe right now, I think one of the worst feelings that you'll ever have in this life is hopelessness. Whenever you've got a child that's sick and there's nothing that can be done and you're just waiting for this child to go on and be with the Lord, you have no hope in this world of them getting better. I don't know of any other thing that could be worser than having hopelessness. There's just no, there's no way, there's no, there's no exit. There's no, there's no uh, button to hit to do over. There's nothing. Your wife gets sick or, or you get in a, somebody gets in a, a car accident. Or, or I'm, t- I'm trying to get you to understand that in this life we do face things that is hopeless. I mean, it's just going to happen and there ain't going to be nothing you can do about it. You know what? If the Lord don't come back, I'm going to die. If the Lord tarries, I will be put in a grave somewhere or another. And there's nothing I can do about that as far as this physical body. That's hope. For my family, if you try to keep me alive, if you try to put me on machine, let not waste your time because it's hopeless. I, and it, I'm, not, I'm going to die. No matter how much you try to patch me up, one day I'm going to die. Well, Daddy, I can keep you for a few more months. Well, it's still hopeless. We're going to die. That part has already been agreed upon in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. It's going to happen. But in hell, there's a hopelessness there too. And the hopelessness in hell. Take the worst hopelessness that you can face in this life and then think about what's in hell. There's nothing to hope for. In this life, I'm putting that on a machine and I'm keeping it for three months so you got... A little hope I can see Daddy for three more months. But in hell, you don't have that. In hell, there's nothing to hope for. Nothing, nothing. You cannot name one thing in hell that I can take and, and, and preach to you today that you'll find hope in hell. No hope in hell whatsoever. No hope. No hope in hell. Look at what the Bible says. Isaiah 38, 18, For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. Word of God says there's just nothing in this Word of God that's going to help you. Nothing. Nothing in those 66 books that God has gave into the world that we can have whosoever and trust on Christ. He said there's nothing in the Bible in the truth of God's Word that's going to help you if 
you end up in that horrible pit. Oh, that's an awful thought, isn't it? And then I see here next, this, this, this horrible pit is a pit of sinners on making. It's a place where it's your own fault. You, you, you're there because you chose it. Oh, I didn't choose to go to hell. You chose it. You've had opportunities, especially if you're in this church today. You walk out lost. You have a wreck. Or you die of a heart attack, or next week, or the week after, a month from the day, some doctor come, comes and tells you you got a brain tumor, you got a few weeks to live, or some craziness like that. Amen. Listen, you you made your choice to walk out and not get saved. It said here in Psalms nine verse fifteen, the heathen are sunk down into the, in the pit that they made. The heathen are sunk down into the pit that they made. Let me say that one more time. The heathen are sunk down into this horrible pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. God is, what is it that keeps you from getting saved? What is it? What is it that you will not give up? Or let God have full control of that you won't walk the aisle this morning. Come up here and say, Preacher, that message is for me. And I need to be born again. And I want to be saved. This What is it that's keeping you? That's your net. That's what's going to tangle up your feet. That's your own making that you end up in this horrible pit. And then lastly, this horrible pit is a pit from which God has provided deliverance. God has provided a way that you don't have to go there, that you don't have to spend eternity there. There is a way out of your sinfulness. There is a way out of the judgment and condemnation that God will cast upon you if you choose to trust Christ. You want to miss hell? And you want to gain heaven? Trust God. Trust Him this morning. But this is my word to you from God's word. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Preacher, I get saved, but not today. God don't accept that. God don't accept that. God didn't take and give this preacher this message this morning just to preach to a bunch of saved people. He gave me this message this morning to preach to you that's going to end up in hell. You walk out that door, there's no promise that God will ever give you another chance to get saved. I started out this sermon... And I said, could today be the day that you are born again? Was there a doubt crossed your heart? Was there a flutter in your chest? Was there a, a place in your life that says, you know, if I died right now, I wouldn't go to heaven. This message is for you. Annabelle?
Amen. Simple as that. Are you feeling good today? Are you feeling good about walking out that door today? Are you feeling good that you know, that you know, that you know, Sister Pan said, that you say? If I wasn't feeling real good about it, I'd come up here and get some things worked out with a good Lord. Let us stand. Our Father, take the message today, Lord God, use it for your glory. Lord, I don't know if there's any in here really that's saved or lost other than you do. I know they make professions, Lord, as I do. All they can do is take my word for it. Lord, but you know the heart. You know the ones that's going to heaven. You know the ones that's going to end up in this horrible pit if they don't change their ways. Lord, if there's any in here today that's lost in their sins, I pray and beg and plead. Lord God, let the Holy Ghost move and arrest their heart. Lord, help and give them the courage to step out and come forward today, Lord God. I pray, save them before it's everlasting too late. Today, today, Lord God, help them to come out today. Throw up the white flag of self and surrender to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please. If you need the Lord to save your soul, won't you just step out right now? See, I have a problem with begging. I wish I could beg. Hey, some preachers can just beg and beg and beg and beg, and you finally just come forward, just get him shut up. I ain't that way. I believe God's dealing with your heart. You'll just step out and come on. What you waiting on? What you waiting on? What you waiting on? Did the Holy Spirit nudge your heart? What you waiting on? I need about four or five people come up here to this altar and pray right now. If you're saved, washing the blood, cleansed by Jesus, going to heaven, amen. I want you to come up here right now and I want you to pray. If there's anybody in this building lost in their sins, that God would move on their heart. Amen. The Holy Ghost would move on their heart and we quit playing this game. Amen. We'll get them saved. We got to start moving, church. We got to start getting the convicting power in the church. Look here, at the, look up everybody that's out there. If you're not saved, these people are praying for you. They're asking God right now in the name of Jesus Christ to move on your heart. They're praying for you. They're praying for you. Won't you just come on? Come on. What you grabbed a hold of? What you holding on to? What is it that's keeping you from getting out of that pit? We're almost done. Here in a minute, they'll be done praying and cut the lights off and we'll go to the house and we'll say, well, praise God, everybody's saved. Everybody's saved. Because to be honest with you, I just don't know how anybody can sit there lost.
Not knowing where they hate him. Not knowing where they hate him. Over our wives of preaching for at least five minutes had her hand up. Couldn't wait. She was wanting to tell how God saved her soul. God help us to have the mind of a child. Amen. Help us to have the zeal of a young person. Help us, Lord God, to get so bubbled over on the inside that I can't wait to the end of the service, preacher. I gotta tell somebody right now what God's done for me. Don't be such an old fogey and, and, and all that, that people sit there so you know, I ain't never seen them come to the altar. I ain't never seen them pray. I ain't never seen them testify. I ain't never seen them go to the choir. I ain't never seen them do nothing but come in and sit on that pew. Let me tell you something. I got born again and I got in. Praise God. Let's get in. Let's get busy for the Lord. I thank God I'm not headed for no horrible pit. Amen. Amen. Glory, Glory to God. I'm about to hide. Hey, man, I'm thanking God right now, man. I'm, I'm going to go out of here today, and in my heart, in my heart, every last one of you that's of, of, a, of a sound mind is born again, and I'm thanking God for that. Amen. I'm thanking God for that. I'm thanking God for that, brother. Amen. Amen. But I tell you this, if you're not saved... God's going to take and put it on you this week. We had a bunch of people in here praying for you to get saved. Amen. You're going to find yourself getting woke up in the middle of the night. You're going to find yourself driving down the road, and there's a car going to be coming. You're going to grip that stern wheel like this because you're afraid they're going to drift over into your lane, hit you head on. Amen. Every time you take a bite of food, you're probably going to chew it 140 times because now you're afraid you're going to choke to death on it. Every time he drank a drink of water, oh, Lord, you're going to be thinking about that man in hell as he was begging for water. Amen. Every time you turn around, it's going to be in your heart. It's going to be in your mind. It's going to be beating at your soul. God in heaven, if there's anybody in this building lost, I pray, don't let up. Don't let up. Don't let up. Don't let up. Brother Rick dismisses. <laughs>